Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome into another edition, our final regular season edition of the Maize and Brew Reaction Podcast here on Maize and Brew. I'm managing editor, team site producer, Anthony Broom. And this edition of the game against Ohio State, for a little bit was a game, but at the end of the game, when the clock hit zero, it was an exercise of the familiar, something we've been used to seeing. Something that we've seen now two years in a row. Michigan was outclassed, outplayed, and outcoached by its main rival, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, you know, I know that this show in the past has developed a reputation for, you know, people say, I pile on, I'm over emotional. Uh, We whine when things don't go our way. I got news for you. I'm not going to do any of that today. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I expected Michigan to win this game. I told you if they played well, there were certain things they had to do to make it an interesting game. And it was interesting for a quarter and a half. Then it got frustrating. And then it got downright sad. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to pile on like a lot of people will. You look at the, the totality of this season and the final score uh, before we move forward here. 56-27 in favor of the Buckeyes. Uh, Ohio State 
pretty much got whatever it wanted offensively. 577 yards of total offense. 313 yards through the air, 264 on the ground. J.K. Dobbins was unstoppable. 31 carries, 211 yards, four touchdowns. Justin Fields, 302 yards passing, four touchdowns. Um, Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm stunned by this. Um. No, disheartened, sad, deflated, sure. I mean, the last month of football that Michigan played coming to this game, Michigan had never come into, at least under Jim Harbaugh, they hadn't come into this matchup as hot as they were the last month or so. And it started early in the game. I mean, you went right down the field. You were aggressive, missed the extra point, which I know some people are like, oh, here it comes. That was the omen. And maybe it kind of was. But Michigan played well through the first uh, at the end of the first quarter it was 14-13 Ohio State. And your next three quarters, you scored three points, three points, and eight points. The next three quarters for Ohio State, 14 points, 14 points, 14 points. They won by 29. They outscored you by 28 the rest of the game. These are two programs right now that, that are just operating on different levels. And, and you know, I see the, the fire Harbaugh, fire Don Brown, all this sort of stuff. Before we discuss that, let's talk about this game. Who does it fall on? What happened? When I go through and I look at this game, and I'll be honest with you, and, and perhaps this isn't some what someone who gets paid to write about a team in the sport should say, I'm not going to go back and watch that game tape. Because in a lot of ways, it was a lot like last year's game tape. Except it happened on your home field. I've seen this picture before. But when I look at who the biggest culprit in this game was, now what did I tell you in these podcasts all week leading up to this game? I told you that in order for Michigan to have a chance to win this game, to have a chance, you had to play mistake-free football, and you had to capitalize on any potential mistakes that Ohio State might have had. And the exact opposite of that happened. Missed extra points, drop passes, fumbles, bad penalties... There's no one player to pin it on today. It, it was a a collective team effort in that department. And I don't know if that's an, an, an emotional thing, if it's a, you know, the team was too hyped up. I, I know that far too often mental mistakes have hurt them in big games. And I'll let you choose your own adventure there. I'm not going to go into coaching on this one. You decide. But Michigan needed its senior leadership, its captains, its star players to not only play their best football, but to not do boneheaded things. And in this game on Saturday, Michigan's senior leadership, its captains, Kalik Hudson, Josh Metellus, alternate captain, Shea Patterson, alternate captain, Carlo Kemp, captain. Far too many backbreaking mistakes there. Carlo Kemp 
and Aiden Hutchinson trying to take off J.K. Dobbins' shoe. What was that? Now, I'll put it this way. I don't know what that is, and I'm not sure something like that is a 15-yard penalty. But why Why would you do that? What, what does that accomplish? That's the same type of football that a lot of, like, the... A couple weeks ago, Josh Metellus sat at the podium and said, you know, we don't respect Michigan State because they don't play football. What they do isn't football. Trying to pull someone else's shoe off is not football. That's silly. I don't know what that accomplishes. But Carlo Kemp was stunning to see that. I I couldn't believe when that happened. Can't have that. Cleek Hudson jumping off sides on a punt. Can't happen. Shea Patterson fumbling in the red zone, or the red area, as he likes to call it. Can't happen. Josh Metellus was was not great in coverage, coverage throughout the day, and that's kind of been his M.O. at Michigan. Donovan Peoples-Jones had some drops. Players just not executing things. Listen, we'll talk about some of the other things, but... I look at that game, it's, why did Michigan lose this game? It's not just that they lost this game. Why did it get out of hand? It's because you couldn't, you couldn't capitalize on the few mistakes that Ohio State may have made, and you made far too many of your own. You, you just can't have that, guys. You can't. You don't, you, you're not good enough to recover from that. Not against this team. So you're asking me what the biggest culprit is? That's where I put it. I mean, I thought that the the interior of the defensive line was absolutely destroyed. Those guys in the middle were getting pushed around all day. You look at the box score. 211 yards for J.K. Dobbins. A lot of that damage coming between the tackles. I think one of our biggest concerns coming into this game, or coming into this year, was that Michigan wasn't very deep up front on the interior of their defensive line. And and today showed that. Carlo Kemp is is he's okay. He'll be back for a fifth season. But outside of that, I mean those guys those guys got pushed around and they got bullied. Shea Patterson I think started this game twelve of fifteen for like two hundred fifty yards. Something like that. Let's see if I can pull it up here. I can't. But um, finish the game. So I, twelve of fourteen or twelve of fifteen finishes the game. Eighteen for forty-three. Now, not all of that is on him. You credit credit Ohio State for adjusting, and things got things definitely got tighter for them. But yeah, drops. You had miscues. Running game wasn't able to get anything going. I thought Shea Patterson in the first half gave you a chance in this game. I thought he outplayed Justin Fields in the first half. I mean, you talk about one of the keys of this week, and I'm jumping around here now. One of the keys this week was Chase Young and kind of, you know, best... Best player in college football is going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, or should be. He didn't register a single tackle on the entire day. You you go through, look at the box score. 
Chase Young is the very last player on the Ohio State box score. The only thing he contributed to this game, and it happened late, were two quarterback hits. Whatever they were doing to to offset him, it worked. And credit to the offensive line. Credit to you know what Josh Gaddis. I thought when when we look at his body of work from start to finish this season, I think for the most part. Now take the mistakes out of it. Play calling wise, I think that he's he developed there, and I thought that his coaching performance and the way that he has developed his group gave them a chance on Saturday. I do. You know, even even late in the game, I don't want to say it's the the game was closer than it, than it appeared. Michigan was down 42-27 and they go for it on fourth and one. Bring the Wildcat back out there. And I I'm not a fan of that call, but when you look at it, go back and watch the film. You have Ben Bredesen pulling pulling to his right. And there's a hole right there. Direct snap goes to Hassan Haskins. He just never goes. He, he goes the opposite way. You follow your guard, which here's what I don't understand. If you're pulling, if the design of a play is to pull your guard, I don't know why your instinct as a back isn't to just follow your guard. Haskins said after the game, I didn't make the play. He took ownership for it. But you make that play. Not only do you have a first down, there was quite a bit of green grass ahead of him. And and you know, you you score there and your defense gets another stop. You know, it's it's 42-30, you know, at worst it's 42-34. Or 42-33. You'd have a decision to make there. I don't have a problem with how the offense played in this game. They they didn't do enough, didn't make enough plays. But I didn't think that was the problem. I mean, it, it, you, you look and you say, oh, well, they couldn't keep up in a, you know, Ohio State, State scored 56 points. They couldn't keep up in a shootout again. This was different than last year. And I, I think there were decisions at times right before the half. Uh, the, the decision to kick a field goal, really the decision to kick field goals at all in this game. Um, I'll stop short of saying it's a losing mentality, but it definitely is a conservative mentality. They kicked a couple of sad field goals in this game. They did. And maybe that's what the chart said that they should do. I don't know. Um, But for as aggressive as they were early on, I thought that they dialed it back a bit in some key moments late in that first half and early in the second half. So I'm going to take a quick break here. And then we're going to kind of go into some of the more big picture things. Uh, What Ohio State is right now, what this Michigan season is and what it meant, and then what happens moving forward. So I'm going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in a minute here on the Maze and Brew Podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back here on the Maze and Brew podcast. Managing editor, team site producer, Anthony Broom here. Taking us through the reactions to a 56-27 loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I've given you some of my game takeaways now. And now I want to talk about some of the, you know, this this regular season's over. Michigan went 9 and 3. They were 6 and 3 in conference play. And that's what the body of work is now. And when you look at this Michigan Ohio State rivalry, it's not like I'm not going to say it's not a rivalry anymore, but it's kind of only a rivalry because that's what our our dads and our our granddads and tradition is telling us right now. Because quite frankly, this this hasn't been much of a rivalry since the 80s, the 90s. I mean, Michigan dominated the 90s, and then Ohio State's dominated the last 20 years. 17 and two, Ohio State is since the turn of the century. You know, this is a problem. You know, Jim Harbaugh's 0-5. He's the only Michigan coach ever to start the series against Ohio State 0-5. And the question going into this year for him was, if not now, when? Now, little did we know that Ohio State would take a step forward from even where it was in the Urban Meyer era. This is their best team since 2014. I believe it's a better team than their 2014 team that won the national title. So that was a little bit of a monkey wrench in their plans there. But everyone said, oh, you know, you're, you brought to Michigan to win this game to beat the Buckeyes, and if you can't do it, you should be fired. Guys, nobody's beaten Ohio State. <laughs> nobody's beaten Ohio State since the turn of the century. And I'm not vindicating Jim Harbaugh here. His teams are undisciplined and unfocused at times in the biggest moments of their seasons. Now, you can get rolling when you've got three or four games in a row against, you know, an overrated Notre Dame team and Michigan State and Maryland and Indiana. But whenever that light shines a little bit brighter, when the nation's watching, when they actually care, when the games matter the most, you wither. Now, in order to kind of figure out what the future is here, we need to take a look at what Ohio State is. Ohio State is a murder death machine, the likes of which, you know, outside of Clemson and Alabama, there's not a team that's recruited better, more consistently over the last Six, seven, eight years. There's not a team that's won more consistently. I think I saw a stat where they're like 60 and 6 in their last 66 games. Michigan has now lost six games since the start of last season. You know, Ohio State has only gotten better. 
And it's kind of one of those things where all you can really do is hope that you play well enough to give yourself a chance. Saturday, Michigan didn't do that. And I'll be frank with you. I'm not sure Michigan's best football wins this game on Saturday. Because Ohio State is that good. But when you look at... Here's the thing about the talent gap. The gap is... There is a gap there. And I I know I tweeted this out. It doesn't seem like the gap was... Is quite as large. It it is. It, It is... It's a decent chunk. But I don't think the gap in talent is as wide as the gap in execution. Ohio State... I know everyone's, oh, Ohio State's always good for one bad loss a year. Obviously not this year, but we've seen them get blown out in road games the last few years. You're never going to catch this Ohio State team sleeping on you. You're never going to catch their worst effort. They, They build their program around this game. They fuel their program around this game. Even when you suck as a team, you know, they, they are ready for you. They smell blood in the water. They don't make mental mistakes in this game. They, they execute in this game. They are more mentally tough in this game. Because when you win this game at the clip they have, you create a culture of winning in this game. And quite frankly, Michigan, like I said, there's only two two wins for a lot of these guys since they were even born. For me personally, the 2011 game that Michigan won, and this is just a mean a little anecdote for me, I was working that day, a different job. I wasn't even in writing yet. I never even saw that game. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm not even sure if that actually happened or not. I don't even know if I've seen highlights from that game. This gap can only be closed when a group of, and I hate I'm going to use this term, Michigan men decides, screw this. This is this it, this shit is not acceptable anymore. And you build a culture around that. I think to a certain extent, there's some some fear there. I think to a certain extent, um, like like I said, I think that it's always kind of hope and a prayer. You know, I hope that we can play our best game, and I hope they make mistakes. I thought Michigan was ready to play this game early on, and then things happened, and they couldn't really adjust to it. And for for a snarky, and I think. Um, how do I put this? Ill-intended or soundbite chasey? The question in the, the press conference of, uh, in terms of, you know, well, where do you think the talent, the biggest gap is? Is it talent? Is it scheme? Is it coaching? Listen, I thought that was a little, uh, that's somewhat chasing a soundbite. I didn't, like, is it a fair question to ask? But something you need to understand about Jim Harbaugh is that, one, he's not going to rail his team publicly. And, two, he doesn't take kindly to speaking about himself. He doesn't like to talk about himself. Anyone who knows that isn't asking that question of him. Maybe, to a certain extent, it needs to be asked. But 
you know, can this gap be closed? You just kind of have to, all you can really do at this point is you can just keep plugging away and, and hope, and it is hope that Ohio State has some kind of moment where they just trend downward. I mean, that's what it is. Ohio State is is literally winning right now at a pace that even when Michigan was building its reputation as the winningest program in college football back in the day, they weren't winning at this clip. This is this is historic and quite frankly if it wasn't, you know, we we hate them of course, but quite frankly, you just kind of have to accept that what you've been going against is greatness. Like, you know, like the, the Red Wings or the, the San Antonio Spurs in their playoff streak. Or, um, I don't know, think of some other sports, special sports streaks or runs. Alabama football, UCLA basketball. And it sucks to admit, but that's kind of what it is. And if all you really had going into this game was hoping something special and historic happened. Like 1969. That's 50 years ago. You know, it's things are things are a lot different now. It's not enough to just win on belief and, and good vibes. You got to go out there. You got to execute. And you got to you have to you have to be talented too. Michigan's. It's one of those things where you can't close the gap really until your talent level rises and you improve. You know, coaching wise and all that stuff. But then that stuff doesn't really improve either unless you go out and win this game. So it's kind of one of those things where you just need to have one of those tide-turning victories. 2016 would have been that for Michigan. Last season may have been that for Michigan. So right now, I mean, you ask what the future is or what this season was. I mean, we'll we'll talk about. I, I don't even know a hundred percent how I'm gonna how I feel about this Ohio State game until we see what happens with them next. I mean, if they go out and they blow out Wisconsin again, and then they go to the playoff and and blow through the playoff, I think it might change a little bit how we feel about this game at the end of the year. But it doesn't make it any easier to swallow now. And and you know, you ask what the future is. Well, what do what happens moving forward? In terms of Jim Harbaugh himself, I mean, he's he's stabilized things. He's got a shot now at, you know, with a bowl game. I think it's going to end up being the Holiday Bowl. I really do. Stabilized things. He's improved Michigan tremendously. And you have to remember that. Where they were, even, like I said, outside of, outside of 2006, this is kind of just what Michigan's been since their last Big Ten title in 2004. They are what they are. And Ohio State has gotten even better since then. Ohio State can go up with the best teams in the country. A couple couple years ago, they went to the playoff and got blown out by Clemson. That's not going to happen anymore. They've gotten better, even better since then. They're better than they were when they won the national title. So... Are we asking Jim Harbaugh to perform a miracle? Are we asking him to you know, manipulate uh, what happens to, to make history? That's probably what has to happen for people to get on board. But even, 
like I said, let's just say there's a scenario where he won this game on Saturday. People will say, oh, well, it's just like Michigan. They, they can't win a Big Ten title and they start playing their best football. All I can really say is we've been through this before in terms of does the grass look greener on the other side? I don't know. I, I honestly don't. And I know we're tired of wait until wait and see till next year, but at this point, all I'm interested in is what's next. This was not an unexpected loss to me. Even the way it went down, I mean, I, I can't say it's totally shocking. Now, it's the only thing that I think kind of puts a damper on this run at the end of the year that they've been on. But after that Wisconsin game, like it was pretty clear that this was probably a nine-win team at best. So, I mean, at the same time, it's scary to think about what life after Jim Harbaugh could look like. I mean, you assume that they just fire the money cannons and get P.J. Flack or Matt Rule or Matt Campbell, whomever. But you're still making... You're still making a pretty big leap that those are like you have to I don't know and I really think things would have to bottom out where you go to winning six seven eight games a year to where you start thinking about it or he walks away so it's scary to think about the idea of going through another 10 years where you can't get it right like Rich Rod like Brady Hoke but at the same time and again I'm just playing devil's advocate here I'm not taking a side on this I'm just presenting an argument. The mental mistakes, the miscues on the resume in big games, games that they're not supposed to win. You know, there are the one thing that Michigan has in common with most, I don't think, and maybe this is because we have such high expectations of what Michigan football should be. They don't really have a ton of losses, and I believe this is number 17 for Jim Harbaugh. In five years, where you're like, you know what? They lost, but damn it, they played well, and I'm proud of them. Penn State this year. If you want to say Notre Dame last year for how they fought back, Ohio State 2017. Other than that... Utah in the first game of the Harbaugh era, I got nothing. Most of the time when they've lost, it's been ugly or or they have nobody but themselves to blame. And again, I'm not taking sides here. I'm 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 just throwing it out there. So what happens moving forward? Some quick thoughts on this. Uh, I'll want to talk about it this week with my cohorts here at Maze and Brew. Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis are are as safe as they can be. In fact, I'm excited for this Michigan offense, not only to have another 15 practices, but also to, uh, you know, heading into 2020, seeing what that offense can look like, seeing how much more spready it can get. There's a very good chance this offense will, will be good again next year. However, I don't think Don Brown is safe, and I don't think he should be safe. I haven't really talked about him a ton, but 
118 points in the last two years against Ohio State is is unacceptable. It's a little more acceptable this year because of what Ohio State is, but that Ohio State team last year, no. Unacceptable. Getting down in the hole they did it at Wisconsin and Penn State, unacceptable. When you go through, and again, I know you can make the people always say, well, well, let me present the argument first. When they the best offenses and teams that are on their schedule, more often than not, it does not go well for Don Brown's defense. A lack of focus, a lack of execution, you know, being a little too amped up, a little too aggressive. And I know people will say, oh, well, you know, you make, you know, you can make that argument, you know, in any game that you lose, even if you're a good team. Yeah, I suppose you can. But I guess I view Michigan as a program that shouldn't hold themselves to the expectation of, ah, well, we got nine wins with a chance at a tenth. That's fine. Your de- I think your defense cost you a shot at a win at Penn State. I think it cost you... Ohio State was always going to put up points and yards in this game. But this happening again, it's it's unacceptable. And I give him credit for adjusting and changing and mixing stuff in, crossing routes, and it didn't seem like there was one thing that Ohio, Ohio State keyed on and exploited this year outside of maybe the interior of the defensive line where you're like, oh, well... Indiana put that on film, or um, you know, Penn State put that on film. Everything worked. They didn't stop anything today. I think that it's time to start considering changes there. And I know they're paying them a lot of money, but Michigan is not hurting for money. That stadium was full on Saturday. They sold a lot of gloves, a lot of hand warmers, a lot of hot chocolates, a lot of hot pretzels. They can afford it. If there's a change that they want to make, they can afford it. And and this is the one thing, and I'll get out of here on this. Jim Harbaugh has been loyal to Don Brown. I will. When it becomes apparent that you need to make changes, like they did with the offense last year, I give them credit for that. It paid off. You took your lumps early this year, and it paid, but it paid off. Do not fall in the same trap that Mark D'Antonio did and keep your guy because he's your guy. Because when you do that, then you're putting yourself on the hot seat. You don't hang banners for slowing down the triple option. You don't hang banners for um, blowing out Michigan State. You don't hang banners for how you played against Iowa. You're going to hang banners if you how you perform in that Ohio State game. If you beat them, you're going to Indy. And you have a chance to win a Big Ten title. That's what you hang banners for. And this is year four now. And when four years of this happens, really it's been more like three years. If you want to say maybe Florida State in that bowl game uh, in 2016 exploited them a bit. But going back to you know the Penn State game in, in 2017, the book's kind of been out there on this defense. It's It's been figured out. It gets figured out against the best teams on your schedule. Don't fall in 
to the trap of keeping your friends and confidants around. Because that's when you put your ass on the hot seat. That's my only cautioning. That's all I have. I mean, we'll talk more about this game uh, in next week, tomorrow's podcast. I will be talking Michigan basketball because that's a program and a team right now that deserves our praise and our attention. And then we'll, we'll clean up this football season next week with the other shows. So you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. You can follow the website at Mason Brew. Download, listen to our shows. Wherever you get your shows, Mason Brew Podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Leave us a review. Tweet me. Uh, I'd love to hear your takeaways from the game uh, and, and talk with you guys. Have a serious discussion about what's going next. Don't tweet through it. If you're still mad and angry, listen, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Start your Christmas shopping. A lot of good streaming options out there now. Mandalorian rules. Watch it. No free ads, but it was awesome. Thanks for your time. Thank you for uh, your audience ship, if that's a word. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your feedback. We'll do this again. Um, you know, we'll be doing post game pods for basketball. We'll, we'll do this again after the bowl game, and then we'll see what happens from there. So, again, I appreciate your time. Michigan loses 56 27 to the Ohio State Buckeyes, 9 3 on the season. We'll see where the bowl game uh, puts them next. So, thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon.